You're listening to another episode of the Maniverse Podcast with your host, Tom Traplin. This is session number 53. Hey there, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash MVP book. Over 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or media player of choice. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Maniverse podcast. I am your host, Tom Traplin, and today the topic is Puka Trade. Now, Puka Trade is a website many of you may have checked out, may, you know, maybe you've heard about it, but uh, PukaTrade.com, it's a magic trading card website. It's a little bit different from others of, uh, of that kind of sort. There have been many trading card websites over the years. Uh, PukaTrade was actually a very innovative idea at the time, and the reason I wanted to talk about it was that recently PukaTrade released its updated version of the website. They dubbed it Future Sight, which was a nice play on magic words. And uh, the reception has been less than pleased. Most people are pretty disappointed with the whole thing, and it's especially disappointing given the fact that they had raised a significant amount of money via Indiegogo the second time to deliver these features, and the site is apparently buggy as hell. And on top of all that, it took them a very long time for them to release this uh, updated version of the site, way longer than a professional development uh, should have taken. So Puka Trade users are pretty unhappy at the moment, and there's a lot of content creators on YouTube and otherwise who are pooping on Puka Trade at this point for good reason. I want to go through a little bit of background into Puka Trade. I originally interviewed Eric Freytag for the Maniverse podcast on episode 4.5. Now, I, I talked to Eric because he was going through his Indiegogo campaign, and I thought put the idea behind Puka Trade was very interesting. Originally, the idea was, was very unique, and it hadn't been done before, so I wanted to get the inside scoop and kind of help him out with his uh, campaign because I thought his idea was worth exploring. I feel like I've had a little bit of experience with Puka Trade myself as a trader, and I feel like uh, there was a lot of possibilities, and I, I think what ultimately happen happened was it was uh, mismanaged, and, well, let's talk about it. Let's, let's talk about what's going on. So, before we get into it, let's go over what is Puka Trade. For those who haven't uh, tried it out, who haven't heard of it, who haven't even looked at the, uh, the website, Puka Trade is a magic trading card website. But it's different from other websites like Magic Online, Trading League, MOTL. The way uh, previous websites would work is you would basically put up your collection onto a forum, which was essentially, they were basically glorified forums. You'd put your Magic collection onto a forum. You'd say, I have these cards, X number of cards, and I am looking for these cards. And then other players would go onto that forum, they'd look at your post, and they would match up uh, what they had against what you wanted. And you would then, you know, go back and forth on trying to work out a deal so that both people are happy, and then there would be the mailing process, and both people would have to, well, both people would have to trust one another to actually send the mail after they've received it. And there was, it, trading magic cards via the mail has been tricky since the very beginning. But that's originally how most websites worked initially, because the technology, that's as good as it basically got. The way Puka Trade wanted to do magic trading 
was different enough for it to stand out to me. So the way Puka Trade works, and the way it still works now, is you put up the cards that you want. There are no halves. It's just you you create an account and you list the cards that you desire. And the way that you get those cards is you have Puka Points in your account. So what happens is somebody is going onto the website and say, for example, you have an Inquisition of Kozilek that you opened in a Conspiracy 2 pack. And you want to get rid of it. You're, you're not going to use it. You don't play modern. You know, whatever. You Or maybe you just don't play black. Whatever the case may be. You're like, I want to trade this card. You could go into Puka Trade and you could search for Inquisition of Kozilek. And you could see a whole list of people who wanted that card. Anyone who had the points to afford it, and we'll get into how the points work afterwards, but anyone who had the points to afford that card, you could then go, I'm going to send this person Inquisition. You confirm the trade, you say, I'm going to do it, and that'll lock up their points. Their points would then be like an escrow, essentially, so they would be in limbo. You would uh, put the card in the mail, you'd package it up all nicely, put the address on, send it out, and say, okay, you're going to get the Inquisition in a couple of days, whatever happens to be. And then once the person receives the card in the mail, they go, cool, you know, they open up the envelope, they get the card, they say, sweet, they go onto their account, they click the button and say, I have, I'm confirming this trade, I received my card. The points are then released and go to the other person. And that is the basic transaction. So it's a, uh, it's a pull economy instead of a push one. So people are being drawn to you because you, you say, I have the, or I want these cards and I have these points, please send me whatever. So you could go on to Puka Trade and you could uh, you could buy a bunch of points if you wanted to. You can buy points directly from the company, and then you could just say, "I want uh, tundras, I want savannas and <laughs> tropical islands and whatever crazy money cards you want." You could list any card you wanted, and in the ideal situation, somebody who wanted your points will eventually send you those cards. That is the theory, anyways. The problem with Puka Trade today is really that. Well, okay, there are two two problems, actually. The first one is FutureSight itself. The nature of what they've released as their updated version of the website is quite crappy. Apparently, it's super buggy, and people are very disappointed in how it functions, given the fact that it took them so long to create and so much money to put together, and it still doesn't work very well. You know, people are already fed up with that kind of stuff when it comes to Magic Online, so I don't think they have a lot of patience for Puka Trade. And that's one of the major problems, is that they have taken all this money and developed something that didn't doesn't work very well. That's one of the major issues. The more... I want to say the more deep... The, yeah, the deeper issue is the Puka Point and the economy itself. So when they first created Puka Trade, the way that... Uh, the way the, the Puka points work and the economy works is the number of Puka points in the system is always growing. You can get Puka points for like virtually anything. You can get them for referring people. You get them for upgrading your membership. You can get them for all kinds of stuff. You can just buy them straight up, which is literally like creating money, creating currency. And that's one of the tricky things is that Puka points are a virtual currency. They re they're not money but they work in a similar fashion to U.S. dollars. So uh, when they originally created the site, Puka points were supposed to be valued at one U.S. cent. That's what they were the equivalent of. The, num the value of the cards on the website were priced against an aggregate of uh, prices all over the internet. 
and then convert it to Puka points. So any uh, like a five dollar card on TCG Player and a variety of other places. Let's just say there's a five dollar card on Puka Trade. It should be valued at about five hundred Puka points. And this was updated like consistently throughout the day, so that the price of cards was always reflective of the market, which is a great idea. I really like that. The problem was the inflation in the Puka points has basically destroyed the value of an individual point, which has begun to affect the value of the cards. When the Puka trade was created, we had one cent Puka points. Today, like a year and a half later, we now have, uh, I believe the Puka point is valued at roughly 0.7 to 0.6 cents. So it's lost nearly half of its value in a single, you know, in the space of like 18 months. That is a huge huge amount of inflation in a system. Inflation in economics is kind of the ultimate death knell. It's where all fiat currencies ultimately end up. They end up in inflation. They become inflated to death, essentially. And Pukatrade has apparently followed the exact same process. And now, when I originally talked to uh, Eric, I had my... Uh, I want to say I have my doubts but I definitely had some concerns about what they were setting up. And there were a couple reasons I was kind of worried. Eric seemed genuine and honest with what he wanted, and I believe he actually wanted to create something very cool and very interesting. I think he just got out of... Con I think he went out of his expertise. And I think that's also part of the problem with Pukadrate, is that their team doesn't have the, uh, the knowledge that they need to manage an economy this complex. So, like, the inflation is basically destroyed the value of the points on Puka Trade, but there was there was more. There are other things that are a little bit on the sketchy side that I would say the Puka Trade has been kind of committing over the course of uh, course of their time running the business. So one of the things that has been happening, or at least has been conjectured, no one is like automatically confirmed it, but several creators have been approached to give favorable uh, reviews of Puka Trade in exchange for Puka Points. So what uh, what some people have contended is that they will get an email if they have a like if they have a YouTube channel on or if they have a channel on YouTube that is relatively large, deals with magic, you know, there are a few of note that uh, you may may have heard of, you may be followers, you may be subscribed to them. And uh, Pukatrade has approached them, has emailed them and said, okay, you know, you say you make a great, you make a favorable video that you say you like Pukatrade and we'll either give you 5,000 Puka points straight up or we will give you X number of Puka points for every single person who signs up through your link. You know, whatever the, the referral bonus happens to be. So they're basically giving these people free cards and money, you know, with air quotes around it. The trouble with that is that, you know, paying people for favorable reviews is sketchy on its own. That's not a great way to do honest business. You want people to give you honest reviews because they're honest and they actually like your product or service, not because you are paying them to do it. That always compromises the message a little bit. So, like, that's a little bit on the sketchy side. So you can't really trust these reviews is that's kind of the problem, right? They're, are they doing it because they like it or are they doing it because they want those Puka points? But this only exacerbates the problem what I was talking about before, the inflation. Constantly pumping in Puka points. It's, it's, it's absurd. They can't keep jamming points into the system because the more points there are, every single extra point devalues all the points that were there before. The other problem was there's no sync 
for Puka points. There's no way to draw them out of the system. Or at least there wasn't originally. Apparently, they've created a feature. Uh, what was it called? Puka Shield. It's basically, or something like that. It's, it's essentially a uh, Puka Point insurance. So you can pay Puka Points on top of your trade to insure the trade itself. So that that's one way of drawing them out. And then they've also got another one, I guess, that uh, the new bounty system where you can put up a few extra points in order to put your want at the top of the list. There's a whole other slew of things that we could talk about with what's wrong with Puka Trade. But the thing, main thing I wanted to hit on right now today was the economy and its inevitable destruction. So they didn't have any sinks before this. They didn't have any way of drawing points out of the system. This is what resulted in so much inflation. Maybe then, uh, now that the features for FutureSight have been revealed and announced and like are actually rolled out, the uh, the amount of inflation will slow down because these points will actually be drawn out gradually. So there's still a possibility that Puka Trade could turn this around. The one thing that I always thought, and like maybe this is just my you know devil's advocate uh, point of view, when I was hearing the system being described to me about how this thing works, the first thing I thought was, what happens if I'm the creator of Puka Trade, or I work at the Puka Trade team, and I have access to the back end? What if I just add like, you know, 1,000, 2,000 points per day to my account? It would be a drop of the bucket compared to everyone's points. You know, like it wouldn't be, if there's a million points on the system, an extra 1,000, 2,000 here and there is not going to be noticed necessarily. And if I'm the coder or if I'm in the system, if I'm just in the business, I think there's a huge potential for abuse here. So there's no oversight with regards to that, other than the fact that you would have to trust these people that they're not going to print their own money and then use it to buy cards from people who have real magic cards. So that was always kind of like a, hmm, I wonder if that's going on in the background. No way for anyone to know other than, you know, somebody whistleblowing from the inside. I always thought that was a really interesting well, it's not a loophole, but it's definitely a potential for abuse. And that's something that I was always kind of concerned about as well. Not not that I'm saying that's a thing, but I'm just saying the way the system was set up, that, that was a distinct possibility. So the other thing is, uh, like, the way Puka Trade was set up and the way the economy was set up, I always thought was really strange. If you are... So, like, the way you could look at it was there are $10,000 in... Magic cards. Somebody puts up $10,000 worth of cards, and there are three people on Puka Trade. There are no points in the system yet. So, like, where is the value coming in, right? And this is why they initially had to basically print, again, with air quotes, so many Puka Points to start off with. Because Puka Points are the, the, uh, the lubricant that keeps the machinery running. Without the points moving back and forth and flowing... Nobody trades anything on the site. So they needed a, no, a huge number of points. They needed to throw points at these people to be like start getting cards on the site. Because if there's only, you know, say, 100,000 Puka points on the site, that would limit the amount, the value of the number of cards that could be moved at any given time to only $1,000. So if they flooded the system with, you know, a million Puka points or whatever the number happened to be, that was their market cap in a sense, in essence, that was the maximum number of or the maximum amount of value that could move back and forth was equivalent to the number of Puka points. So they had this really difficult job of balancing a large number of points, a large inflow of Puka points that they needed to put in. You had to put them in somehow. 
and then the number of people in the system plus the value of the cards that they're looking for. So I don't envy Puka Trade and trying to work on this economy and keep it all together, but it is not, uh, it is definitely not where it needs to be right now. When I found Puka Trade, I was considering creating a competitor, essentially. I had some ideas as to something similar. And now, like, the way... Uh, I'll just talk about it for a second, because I think it's cool. I still think it's a cool idea. And I think it's a potential for somebody who wanted to, uh, you know... If there are any developers out there who think it's a pretty cool project, you know, reach out to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. But uh, the way I thought a, a trading service online should work is essentially... You know, let's use the power of technology. Go back to the roots of uh, what uh, MOTL.com used to be and basically have something similar except a little more advanced. You would still upload your collection. Ideally, it would be very rapid and fast and easy to do, but, you know, there are ways that have come down the pipe since then of making that quicker and easier. But uh, you would still, you know, you'd enter your collection manually of all the things that you had. Automatically, you would have your collection valued for you. It would do something similar. It would uh, scrape the internet and find the average market value for your cards, and that would be it would be attached to your collection automatically. And then you put up the cards that you wanted. You know, just boom, boom, boom. I I want these five cards, and I have these hundred cards in my halves. And what would happen is I what I was think would uh, the be the best use of technology is just have the system find trade partners for you. So, for example, you'd have your collection set up for you and you would the system would automatically look at your location, try and find people local to you if possible, or at least use your uh, location data to find nearby trade partners and then, you know, scale outwards as the system couldn't find people. But it would try and find people who are on the inverse side. They would have what you want and want what you have. And then it would just propose the trade for you. If your halves were like, I want, you know, let's use the Inquisition of Kozilek example again. If I had a, a whole pile of cards in my have collection and I wanted for Inquisition of Kozilek and my trade potential trade partner, who was, you know, 10 kilometers away in Kitchener somewhere, they had for Inquisition of Kozlek as part of their halves. They're willing to trade it. And they were looking for something else and they had their wants were in my halves. It would automatically calculate, hey, this is a very, you know, this is an equal value trade. You guys can check it out. And it would kind of like uh, you'd log into your account and it would automatically show you these are some potential trades that you could make. These people, you know, have the cards you want in some form and this is how close it is penny by penny. Compare the values and just do all the hard work for you. And I think that's the main issue with trading cards online right now. With in general, trading cards, well, trading cards online, again, in air quotes, trading cards via the mail is really what's happening. Like, and even with this system, it still would rely on trust. And I think that's one of the the things that Puka Trade uh, kind of did so well. By only being one-sided, you're only one person is sending cards rather than both people sending cards transfer transferring to each other they kind of removed the ability to betray somebody to basically uh screw someone over and just take their cards and disappear which was a common horror story on magic online trading league there are ways technology can be used i think 
an alternative system to Puka Trade could be something like that, along with, you know, other things paired with it. But where's Puka Trade now? Puka Trade is still has lots and lots of people using it. You know, it's it's still a viable site. They have a lot of issues. If you want particular cards that are really hot and standard right now, there's not a lot of great options for you. They're trying to address the issues of uh, only a certain number of people getting the cards over and over and over again, rather than kind of like spreading out through the economy. They're trying to address the problems, which is encouraging. But the state of Puka Trade right now is such that I would not recommend using it. And unless something changes in the near future, I don't see like something they do to uh, reassure people that their economy is not going to destroy itself and they fix all the bugs and they correct what they've been doing. Like it, it doesn't take much to reassure people that, you know, you are working on something that's going to be good. It's just you have to acknowledge the problems that you have already. And if you don't do that, if you just ignore the problems, you know, you're going to go the way that uh, Pokemon Go is has basically suffered in the last couple of months, right? So, like, yeah, Pokemon Go, few bugs. You know, Pokemon Go, one of the most popular apps, like, in history. I think it's the most popular app in history so far. But uh, they have millions and millions of people using the, using the program. A few bugs here and there. And instead of, you know saying, oh, you know, we're looking at the bugs, we're trying to fix it. All they did was remove the feature instead and basically went radio silence. And in the past couple of weeks, Pokemon Go's lost millions, millions of users because people just walked away from the company because they, they don't give a crap about the user base. Clearly, the way they communicate or the lack of the way they communicate shows that they don't they don't care at all you know they just want to well, they want you to just buy their microtransaction purchases and things like that they don't they just want your money don't do what pokemon go is doing puka trade acknowledge the fact that you have issues and people will forgive you they actually want you to succeed people there are a lot of people on puka trade who are very passionate about puka trade and there are a lot of great features with Puka Trade, there's a lot of, it's a really cool idea. It still has a lot of potential. It's just they need somebody who knows what they're doing on their team to manage the economy. They just need to monitor it a little more effectively. And it's the same, they're running into the same problem that every single virtual economy has had ever. Every single game that has uh, had any sort of virtual economy that's related to the real world economy, not just, you know, digital gold. But, uh, you know, so like World of Warcraft... Diablo 3, the only one that has, uh, the only game that's actually succeeded and has done this for a long period of time is EVE Online, apparently. And that's because the team on EVE is a bunch of economics nerds. So, you know, there's, they have, they have the expertise to make it work for a long period of time. Every single virtual economy, though, other than EVE, has, has basically tanked at some point. They've run it into the ground because they haven't you can't turn on the printing press. You can't just keep running points into the system without it having consequences. And I'm not saying they need a governing body. They don't need a central bank or anything like that. They just need somebody paying attention to how many Puka, tra how many Puka points are in the system, how many Puka points are going in, and how many are going out. And if they can make that work a little bit better, a little more effective, the level of decline in the value of the Puka point will kind of... Okay, maybe it won't be one... Maybe it'll never get back to one cent per Puka point, but at least it'll stabilize. 
And that is the probably one of the most important things about an economy is stability. It has to be predictable. You have to be able to predict and be confident in the future of the economy or else people will stop using it. In like the real world, when you can't predict what the what the economy is going to be like next year, you you hoard, you invest, or you save your money. You don't invest in things that will actually improve the future because it's uncertain. You don't know what's going to work. You know, why would you start a business if you have no idea what the economic conditions are going to be like in a year or six months or whatever it happens to be, right? Think, consider 2008. Nobody wanted to do anything. People were terrified that the economy was going to collapse. There was going to be blood in the streets. You know, it didn't turn out as bad as people were uh, doomsaying it. But it's it's that's the way economics works, is that you need certainty. And people, and, you know, I'm sure the people who are uh, informed, the people who have taken economics will be the first to say that humans respond to incentives. If you set up the incentives so that you refer people and you get puka points, if you promote the site dubiously and you don't care about it, you're doing it for just for the points, then that's what people are going to do. You're going to reward the behavior because that's what people will respond to. They will respond to those incentives. They just need to line up the incentives and structure the system properly, and puka trade could thrive. But, uh, but yeah, I wanted to talk to you guys about, uh, about Puka Trade today because I've personally, you know, I've got mixed feelings about it. I like the idea. I like the team. I like, I like Eric. I thought he was a, I thought he was a great guy. I thought he was very genuine about what he wanted to do for the, for the magic community. But I'm disappointed in the way it's turned out. And I feel like there's a lot of potential there that has kind of been left on the table. And I, I really hope that they turn it around. So, yeah, I guess I'm going to close out here. I wonder what you guys, if uh, you've had experience with Puka Trade, you know, what do you think about the system? What do you think about the service and the way they've handled it? What do you think about FutureSight? You know, does it work for you? Do you like their new features? Like, uh, you know, let me know what you think about this whole thing. You know, let me know what you think about the, the economics and the devaluation and all that fun stuff. And if you uh, if you like this kind of episode, you know, let me know. I I'm happy to do shows like this. This is a topic that I can really get behind. I think these are very interesting and very important, especially to the magic community. And if you want to check out past episodes of the Manaverse podcast, go to manaversaga.com forward slash podcast to check out those past episodes. And don't forget that the Manaverse podcast is brought to you by audible.com. It's for you guys, the listeners of the Metaverse Podcast, that Audible is offering a free audiobook download with a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their service. And I don't have a book recommendation this week, but there are a lot of great fantasy books. There are a lot of great business books. There's a huge number of awesome, awesome titles on Audible. So to download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com forward slash book. MVP book. Again, that's audibletrial.com forward slash MVP book for your free audiobook download. All right, I've been your host, Tom Traplin, and this is the Manaverse Podcast. I want to thank you guys for listening for to another episode. I will talk to you next time.